Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back to an all new episode of Not Rocket Science. For those of you who do not know, it's the show that talks about the intersectional relationship between business, culture, and interpretive dance. No, I'm just kidding. And technology. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hope you guys are doing well. It is a Beautiful day here in New York City. Clear skies, around 85 degrees. Um, but windy. I went out and picked up my laundry, and because I live in Brooklyn and it's filthy, um, when it gets windy, you just get like dust and garbage and crap just in your eyes. It just it's like a sandstorm of garbage every time it's windy by me. So yeah, another thing when you're thinking about moving to New York City is remember, it's the most densely populated place in the United States. And with that comes a lot of garbage, a lot of dust. There's also a lot of construction going on. So yeah, a lot of sawdust, a lot of just construction particles be getting all up in your eyes. Um, other than that, pretty good week. So... With this show, one thing I realize I want to do going forward is kind of narrowing my focus more. More and more and more honing in, being less broad, more vertical, as they may say. Um, It's interesting. With this show, sometimes I like to use it as kind of an escape from what I do day to day. And there's other points in the year where I use it as a point of focus for my day to day. Or I want to kind of expound on what I'm experiencing and what I'm seeing in my work and just kind of uh, break down how I'm feeling because, I don't know, I have this kind of rekindled focus on what I'm doing and I'm trying to hit that next level, but at the same time, industry-wide in the world of what I do, which is user experience design, product design, uh, technology design what have you, I'm starting to see some trends popping up, and I'm seeing some other people calling out on these trends and giving their takes, and I agree with a lot of what they're saying. But, like, when it comes to the world of UX, UI, product design, etc., things are changing culturally within the space, um, just within workplace culture, just how people are viewing the position. And um, I just want to talk a little bit about when I jumped into it, how it was versus now, roughly six-ish years later, because the sentiment is changing, the perception's changing, and like anything else, it's really just evolving, and on our part, to keep up with it. I have this take that pretty much everything in life, when it comes to work, when it comes to... um 
particularly technology because technology is so trendy. It's a lot like the fashion world. I kind of look at high fashion as my cue to look at the temperament of how things are, how things are dynamic, changing, adopting, um, bringing back some retro trend or some sort of retro pattern or way of thinking, way of designing, way of working. And then it becomes the new hotness again. And I like to use high fashion just because it's so obvious and it's so ridiculous and over the top how they just, you know, bring back whatever trend from the 80s or early 90s tends to be the case these days or the 70s, you know, what have you. Um, Big baggy pants, big chunky sneakers, trucker hats back in the early 2000s, etc., it's just very easy because it's all visual, right? It's all visual. It's all in your face. You can see the trends. But it's it's good to use that as a template for things like technology, which is less in your face, less visual. But back to what I was saying before in technology, you know, UX designer was like the hot term six years ago, seven years ago, eight years ago, nine years ago. You know, it was this new space. No one really knew what it was, but it's like UX designer. Like just the word designer sounds kind of pretentious and esoteric and know-it-all-y in itself but then you put some acronym that looks cool and sounds cool attached to it and it's like whoa this dude must know something i don't know so when designers who were more into either graphic design or human computer interaction research those are kind of the two major fields where people come from or just front-end development and interface design um, when they started branding themselves as UX designers, it just became the new hotness. And I got in, I feel like there was a bubble, kind of like the stock market. There's like these bubble periods where you can really do a career switch pretty, not easily, but there was a pretty clear roadmap on how to do it. And it was pretty feasible and you were able to legitimately switch your career and land a UX job. You still could do it, but now it's much harder. There's a lot more components of a UX skill set that is now table stakes when it comes to hiring, where it was like this cool new thing six years ago where people were trying to get their feet wet with it and understand it, and you could be looked at as like this quote-unquote expert even though there was a decent shot, you went to a tech boot camp that you shelled out ten grand for, and you have roughly three months of actually working with this. That was the hustle six years ago. Now it's a lot harder. Um, the boot camps and all that are still very valuable, but the process of going from boot camp to full-time position, I think, is a lot trickier, a lot longer, a lot more drawn out. You have to be a lot more creative with how you present yourself digitally and in person. And it's just not what it used to be uh, because of supply and demand. Now there's a whole lot more supply than there was back in the day. Like when I was starting out, and even when I was starting out, there was a whole lot more supply than when this this new position, this new trend of UX designers started, which is probably, if I'm ballparking around 2008, 2009, was like the early, early days. People were doing that stuff before, skill set wise, but I'm talking about the, the title and like the branded term UX designer. 
about 2008, 2009. From what I understand, people I talk to, that's that seems to be like the early stage um, of that becoming a term in the tech world. So much like how skill sets, demands, process of landing a job has changed if you're coming in from scratch, the actual job itself has changed and you can have a career, you can have multiple positions with this job and it's getting to the point now where it's very obvious that how you're going to be perceived is based on whether or not you go beyond the stereotypical roles and responsibilities of a UX, UI person. And by that I mean if you're just a straight-up, hardcore usability person, all about the user, use personas, affinity mapping, task flows, uh, user flows wireframing, UI design, visual design, you're into design systems and pattern libraries and component libraries and, you know, a little HTML and CSS and you like to get into dev tools and rework page layouts in the CSS and a browser and blah, 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 so on and so forth. You know, if that is your bag, it's all good. You'll be able to pay your bills if you're good at it, even if you're good at only some of it, you'll be able to pay your bills, do your thing. And I think that there are a lot of people who are what I call just executioners. You know what I mean? They like doing and that's their deal. And they like to just kind of headphones on, do their thing, turn in their work, move on to the next thing. And that's great. That is outstanding. Um, And I do think certain personality types fit that role. But the thing is, is if that's what you want to do, don't get mad if your cap for earning potential is stuck at around 115K, 120K, maybe 130K if you're lucky or you live in San Francisco with those bloated ass rents and salaries, whatever. Point being is you have a fairly... um, I want to say low ceiling, but middle ceiling on earning potential. It's still high, you know, especially compared to the national average. It's pretty damn good, all things considered. But the thing is, is within your company, if that's what you show you can do, your perception, because your role is usually some sort of designer attached to it, the perception internally is always going to be You are a set of hands. That is always going to be the role. By default, out of the box, if you accept a product designer role, UX, UI designer role, UX designer role, you are looked at as a set of hands that can do this creative thing. And that's what you are. And the reason why is it's similar with developers too. It's very similar with developers. If you are a developer, you're a junior developer, software developer, senior developer, but you're not um, you're not like VP of engineering or something like that. What's going to happen is because people in other departments aren't creating, they're not building. Whether it's design, whether it's through code, actually, you know, shipping the real product, whatever it is, because people in other part departments in a company 
or on Excel spreadsheets and putting together slide decks and looking at tables and charts and data columns, they are o- people are always going to try to justify their worth to you. And because they're doing that, they tend to be more hands-on with strategy, whether it's marketing strategy, whether it's uh, sales strategy, whatever. It, by, by default, you are going to be looked at as less strategy-based because you are playing with colors or playing with front-end frameworks in your T-shirt. And it's summertime, so maybe your shorts. Whereas, you know, marketing VP guy or sales VP guy is still rocking his Joseph A. Bank button down in the middle of summer and sweating through it, but he gets to be at the strategy table when it comes to business initiatives. And in most cases, they're right. They are right because to me, when it comes to product, there's this sen- there's this thing in most cases where not so much the product manager because the product manager is kind of the touch point for the whole company for that given feature, product, app, etc. But when it comes to like designers and developers, unless you are really at a great company that's really transparent with sharing their data to the point where it's not even like, of course I'll share it to you if you request it, but it's within the DNA of the company that everyone gets onboarded to a shared database where you can access any data you want. And I've yet to see that at any company. I've only been to one where it's even remotely close to that. Um, by default, by company setup, you're going to be less... Uh, the data, GA data, Tableau data, Amplify analytics data, whatever it is, it's going to be, by default, less accessible to you because it's not considered to be in your wheelhouse. But part of becoming a senior strategist level, you know, VP level, senior director level practitioner, whether your bag is, you know, product design or even engineering, if you want to get into like the higher management levels and director levels and VP levels, where it's more about managing teams effectively, you're going to have to understand that data at some point and you're going to have to be able to process it synthesize it, still it down in a manner that is cost effective, helps the PL sheet, etc. And I think because I'm gonna go back straight up to UX people for a second. Because we're so involved in championing the user, championing the user, championing the user, anything that damages that sentiment, um we don't really involve ourselves in. And it's kind of funny. It's like this catch-22 situation because there's situations all the time and it's part of being an effective product designer balancing business needs and user needs, business needs and user needs. Everyone says that. It's like the most buzzwordy, cliche way of describing what product design is. And because it's true, but in reality, the thing that I still see on Medium articles sometimes but less often is what sacrifices you're making, right? 
Because to me, that's really what the balance part is. It's what what are you sacrificing? Because there's times where something will be negative for the user, but it'll be very important for the business, and you got to make those sacrifices when they happen. But to me, it's hard to understand the full picture if you don't understand the business and the overarching strategy of the business. Sometimes C-suite keeps that shit away from you, right? They sometimes... If you're talking about a, uh, you know trying to keep your runway of your startup at a high enough level so you can buy time before you get acquired and you think you're going to get acquired because they have people from X conglomerate company coming to visit over and over again and you think there's momentum there but your P&L sheet's a mess and you're you know close to going broke like there's there's that level of strategy that somebody in product design or engineering is not going to really be a part of. But, however, on a little bit of a lower level, when it just comes to product strategy in general, a UX person could definitely be part of that and be part of the uh, sales and marketing strategy for that product and be in the room for that. If you understand baseline product strategy, marketing strategy, sales strategy, how that works, what kind of product marketing strategies there are how it dives into you know social media conversion and affiliate marketing and targeting and retargeting like understanding that stuff along with product strategy which is understanding the basic framework of like having a product vision and then how to distill that into a strategy which is encompassed um which i'm sorry which encompasses a roadmap and project management, user story style uh, execution strategy. Like having an understanding of how to do all those things is super important. And a lot of people leave this shit on the table because they're so concerned with usability testing and affinity mapping and learning the newest way Google Ventures is doing design sprints and blah, 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 blah. And all that stuff's important, and I get it. I get it. This is hard just because there's so much to learn all the time. I always make this comparison with UX product design people to MMA fighters. You know, MMA fighters, their entire career is based on trying to get as much knowledge and understanding in the small athletic window that they have, knowing they're only going to get a fraction of it and a small fraction at that, learning all aspects of jiu-jitsu, boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, wrestling, judo, um, karate, taekwondo. It goes on and Aikido. It goes on and on and on and on and on. And even you can just take one of those things. You can just take jiu-jitsu, and that's a lifetime of study. Just jiu-jitsu is a lifetime of study. you know. And when it comes to this stuff, just front-end development is a lifetime of understanding. Just understanding marketing you know you can spend your whole life in marketing and only know a fraction of marketing you can design your entire life and only understand a fraction of designing so i get it it's tricky but i think it's very valuable for ux people to understand product strategy because usually you work on product teams um and there's a cool video I saw that kind of rekindled my interest in reevaluating and analyzing all this. It's called The Golden Age of UX Design is Over by AJ and Smart on YouTube. You can check that out. I don't really believe there ever was a golden age of UX. I think what he means is this guy that made the video. 
I think he means um, the golden age of being the hustle your way into the UX industry is over. I think that's actually what he's saying without saying it. But anyway, it's a good video that kind of has the same sentiment and harps on the same points of designers understanding product strategy on a higher level to get a bigger seat at the table within a company. But I'd like to take it a step further. I think you guys who are out there working, you know, in a in-house, this is particularly for in-house, not so much for agencies, but in-house on a product design team um, for a company, I think it's so important to understand marketing strategy. I think product strategy is super important, but you're gonna that's gonna be more accessible to you if you're working on anything close to a modern product team. Marketing strategy, not so much. And it's valuable because what I've noticed, so just for context, the company I work at is super ass backwards when it comes to its organizational structure. I technically work on it. I work on the growth team, which is great, but it's under the marketing umbrella. And we're e-commerce, UX under a marketing umbrella, which is totally weird and in a lot of ways bogus, strange, makes zero sense and st- f- fucking stupid. It's just stupid. It's a stupid way to uh, create your org chart. But there are a couple benefits to it, and one of the benefits is I understand marketing so much better. I work with marketers every day. I sit next to marketers, um, integrated marketers, marketing operations using software like silver pop or whatever it's called now to set up your campaigns um the brand design team i mean i work right in the same room as the brand design team which is super rare most companies that never happens and i understand what they do and and what's on their plate and how what they create is tied to the promo engine and how the promo engine um has to recalibrate each week depending on sales, expected forecasts, etc. And whether you have to drive sales more or take a step back and working with external agencies on SEO and um, social media campaigns and running ambassador programs on Instagram, etc. Like I, all this stuff I'm, in, I'm not necessarily involved in, but it's around me every single day. And I'm kind of just understanding another component of the business, which has really helped me in my understanding. So then I started reading uh, marketing books and uh, listening to marketing podcasts and understanding social media-based growth hacking and conversion optimization from a marketing standpoint. It's really funny. There's so much overlap that no one ever talks about. There is so much overlap between growth marketing and product design but they're from completely different areas so from marketing it's all about getting sales getting more money getting more revenue you know i'm in the e-commerce space so it's a little bit specialized just for e-commerce um with e-commerce product strategy in particular and marketing strategy is fairly easy because the metrics are pretty easy to pinpoint on what's valuable because it all boils down to sales at the end of the day. So that's kind of the benefit of e-commerce is when it comes to understanding your metrics and KPIs for marketing and product, it's pretty straightforward. Dollars is really the only thing that matters at the end of the end of the end of the day. Jesus. Can't talk. But this translates to really any other business, a media company, because it's but it's more on ad spend. But the point is is that there is this shared understanding between marketing and UX, UI design when it comes to things like user flows. But 
Marketers talk about it as a funnel, as a sales funnel. Users talk about it, or UX people talk about it as users going through their user flow or user journey if it's more broad-based. But it's really the same thing. And one thing I started to pay attention to and start studying is ClickFunnels.com. Um, if you don't know what ClickFunnels is, it's basically this guy, Mark Russell Brunson. He started this company that's a SaaS-based web design development company, sort of like a Squarespace, but the difference is that there's a lot more page templates to use, and you can kind of create your own flows with unique templates. It's not just like one template like on Squarespace, and you work on all your pages using that template. Each page that each page has its own template. Plus, you have um, certain pages that are designed to be opt-in templates from banner ads, affiliate ads, social media ads, etc. So it's really more digging into this kind of almost gamified way to create your funnels. It's all about the funnel. It's not so much the website; it's the funnel, and it's for. People who are small companies or solopreneurs, uh, entrepreneurs, and you've seen them. It's like you ever go to those weird websites with the basic big text and it's like, learn how this millennial made $700,000 in only two weeks using Facebook ads. Or like, learn the secret solution to losing 20 pounds a month by just eating burgers you know those types of things and they look really scammy and kind of weird and it's because the design sucks there's no aspect of product design that was really um on a high level evaluated in making click funnels russell brunson's a marketer the company's out of iowa not really a hotbed for design talent so like the pages don't look very good they just don't but Everything that they value is what all these other places like Squarespace that prioritize design or even Webflow fail at, which is building that funnel to land customers. And you can't argue with the results. ClickFunnels is the biggest company in the United States that never took any venture money. At least that's what they say. But uh, it's, you know, massive. It's valued at some crazy high number because they understand the power of sales funnels and how to convert customers, how to write effective clickbaity page headers and then subcopy that is engaging and taps into the needs of the potential customer they understand how to warm up a customer to convert which is also what social media marketing essentially is a lot of companies don't understand that process at all so they understand a lot of things that we as ux ui designers who just think in terms of usability all day miss out on so i made an effort to kind of learn that and i almost look at it as a yin and a yang you know, or a Star Wars-y uh, Jedi versus, you know, you know, Luke Skywalker versus Darth Vader type of thing where there's, like, the light side and the dark side. But in the UX community, dark patterns and all that shit is looked at as a huge, huge no-no. But it's working for these guys over here. And it's not really dark patterns. It's just more like they, they get a little clickbaity with their material. But it works. It works. 
I've even seen it. I've seen internal um, click funnels, internal data on conversion rates, et cetera, that they have in their dashboard based on design changes, template changes, page changes within their user flow, which they call their sales funnel. And it's effective. So learning that stuff, I think, even on a baseline level, would be hugely beneficial to any designer working for a company just to understand the marketing slice of the pie and the product strategy slice of the pie. When it comes to product strategy, I really like Vince Law. He's a guy I've written, uh, I've written, I've read for a while now. And uh, for someone going into this thing fresh, he is probably one of the best people to read just to get a baseline understanding. It's funny, in that video I shouted out earlier, The Golden Age of UX Design is Over by AJ and Smart, they also shout out Vince Law. Um, some other people that are good, Brett Turetsky, he is a former boss's boss of mine. Um, he's a really good product strategist guy. He writes good articles on LinkedIn and Medium, just type in Brett Turetsky, but it's more like what is product strategy? What does a product manager do? And just having a better understanding of those things also will help you on the product side. So to me, I think, to wrap this up, if you are a UX, UI, product designer person, and your ultimate aspiration is to be more of like a VP level, an executive level, C-suite level, CEO, whatever, um, I think it's really important to understand at least product strategy, product management, and marketing strategy, and learning the basics of marketing copywriting, learning the difference between content marketing and product marketing, and learning a little bit about what marketing ops does and how all of this stuff kind of works together to fuel business growth. Because at the end of the day, as much as usability champions hate to admit it much as i hate to admit it nobody gives a shit about your understanding of the user if there wasn't this shared understanding at this point in time that it's beneficial to the business bottom line the only reason i have a job right now doing this is because there's a shared collective understanding that this works for a business but to mobilize yourself upward in business you need to learn how other things lead to something being beneficial to a business and because marketing product and engineering all kind of work together unlike hr for example i think it's good and i'm trying these days to get a horizontal based understanding of how all these different slices of the pie work individually and together and I encourage everyone, if you have an interest to go beyond just being looked at as a set of hands, to do this. And the first thing is definitely understanding product strategy because you're probably working closest with product people, you know, PMs, things like that. And I'm sure a lot of you already have some understanding of product strategy, but maybe just honing in on it, almost looking at yourself like a product manager in certain ways when it comes to the strategic side, maybe not the writing user story side so much because that shit's boring but uh at least to me it is but um and then what going from there and then once you have an understanding of that moving on to the marketing side and understanding marketing 
spending some time on that, understanding product marketing, copywriting, uh, social media marketing, ad strategy, etc. And then learning that and then maybe moving on to sales. I don't know. Just a thought. Just a thought. But, uh, yep, that's just what I wanted to share today with you guys. Just what's on my mind these days. Um, if you want to talk about this more, hit me up. Hit us up because there is someone else that actually works on this podcast, believe it or not, at notrocketscienceshow at gmail.com or at nrs underscore show on Twitter or Insta. Let me know if you have any questions, too. Because personally, I love learning about this stuff. I find it super interesting. And I think if UX, UI product people, design people just started checking it out, I think they would find it interesting, too. So that's it. That is it. I got to eat because I'm 18 hours in on my intermittent fast. Yep, I'm that guy. Whatever. It is what it is. And I will see you guys next week. Hope you guys have a good one. Take it easy. Peace.